Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
All right, Sean, can you hear me now? Yeah, what's going on, man? What is what's the issue? Are we good now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're all good. All right, we're live. We're good to go. All right, live chat, live stream. Um, yeah, it looks like it's the same blog talk audio issue. It looks like uh, it was just real bad. Like Google Google was just bad on the stream, the YouTube stream altogether today. Um, I'll tell you, so, what, I'll right. tell you what's so bad. Cool. Chris, hey, Chris, 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 I'll tell you what's bad. Can you hear me okay? Because I'm on, have you on intercom in my car. Can you hear me okay? Right. You're good. You're good. Okay. I, you know what's bad, man, is I don't know what's going on. I told you that you'll never be anybody that has more tech issues. And so here it is the second time in a row. Here we are having an audio issue. Um, you know, my Twitter account, I don't know if you know much about this, but this is really disturbing. Uh, my, one of my friends who runs my account helps me, you know, build it because I've had to build it from scratch since I've been away from mainstream, you know, wrestling television for, for eight, almost 18 years now. And, um, you know, all of a sudden now, I, 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 all my, the people that I was following is a zero. I'm, I'm, um, I'm losing followers like a hundred every couple hours and I'm not searching. Really? And, and yeah, and, and no one can figure it out. No one can help me. And there's no Twitter support to call. I've, I've texted them. I've emailed them, not text them. I don't get it, man. I don't understand. It's like, so my friends tell me he thinks that um, I'm being muted for some reason and like my account's being investigated. I've never threatened anybody. I've never used, I will admit I've used profanity maybe once or twice because I got tired of these these um, irresponsible journalists that make up stories about ta- writing articles that are a negative connotation about me and I've just got tired of eating crap all the time. So I finally stood up for myself and, 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 and sent them some truth. So I don't know what the rules are with Twitter, but I am, I am remote, I am beyond irritated and I don't know if you know anything about how to contact someone with Twitter, but no one can figure it out. It's just my, my account starting to it's just dropping like every hour. Wow. So typically, that's weird because it seemed like you might check that out as far as a hack because they won't you typically Twitter just won't remove followers by the droves. Like they'll they'll just they'll just suspend the account. They won't do any like changes as far as like you know partly you know incrementally just delete you know it, uh, yeah yeah because my because i can still post tweets i still have engagement my my coach you know my friend and uh you know social media coach guy he's, to, he's telling me that you know he's never seen anything like this he's seen it where if an account gets suspended you can't do anything it's frozen but i'm not frozen right. i'm able to tweet i'm able to retweet i'm able to uh um, I have engagement, but if I'm not searchable, um, I'm losing followers like a hundred every couple hours now. I've lost about a thousand followers, even more. Um, and and uh, the, the people that I were fo- I was following is now a zero. And he says they usually do that when they're investigating an account. I already wrote, yeah. So I, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's very disturbing and, and very discouraging. Well, what's your handle so I can put it on here so uh, so so my so my peoples can follow you? And well, see, I don't know if they're going to be able. I don't know if they're going to be able. Yeah, it's Doctor Sean Double O Eight D R S H A W N Double O like zero zero eight like James Bond zero zero seven. I'm zero zero eight or just Doctor Sean Stasiak D R S H A W N S T A S I A K. 
but the, the strange thing is, man, is like I, I don't know if I've been hacked. I don't know. I've written into Twitter support, but it's so vague. Like they, 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 they say you have a drop-down box and say select what best describes your issue. It has like notifications, followers following. And I'm all of those things, so I just hit other and then wrote in exactly what was going on about the four or five different elements that are going on with the account. But it's the strangest thing. You know, the only thing that I ever did, I mean, I see Twitter wars all the time. I see people calling people out. I have fun on Twitter when I call people out with WWE sometimes. I've called, you know, I think that's just fun. I'm winking at them at the same time. The only thing I will say is that I did get on a a journalist or two late last year when I got sick of the the fabricated stories and, and the lies. And I just, I, I did, I did use profanity one time. I will I admit it. And um, I said a, a couple well, they of things. Can block you day, John. That's the thing. They People can, can block, block you. Like anybody can block you, and that won't affect well, I, your I, account. I, I, account. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with people if they want to block me. I've blocked other people, but yeah. I'm saying, why is my account being? It's like it's hijacked. Like something's happened, and it's just I can't do. Yeah, it. I'm seeing it wither away every hour. Yeah, it seems like it's being hacked. That's what it sounds like. Because that wouldn't be like like you said. I mean, you can delete people, you can block people, people can block you. That wouldn't just take. A big chunk of, of followers away. It seems like someone's hacking your account. That's what it sounds like. Um, so that, that would just that would just be a matter of trying to find you know someone who's really big in IT tech and, and, and you know start searching for IP addresses. You know it's it's easy to find a hack if you know if you're, if you're you know really good as far as IT is concerned. Well, you I mean, to find what, an IT what, expert. what do you suggest I do, man? Because my Social media coach who's pretty savvy and has no idea. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's gonna, he's gonna well, like write in for me or something. I mean, well, for those who are listening live right now, you, you, everyone can hear uh, what's going on. Everybody can hear <clears throat> what's going on now. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, this will be my suggestion uh, for everybody who are listening now can hear. Uh, for those who are just jumping in or just uh, able to hear everything, Sean Stasiak's on the line right now. For some reason his uh, his uh, account's getting super high. It, it's, it's winnowing away as far as followers are concerned. So for the so PMP Nation, there's his um, his uh, handle, <clears throat> Twitter handle. Reach out to Twitter uh, collectively because I've seen people. I've seen. YouTube um, block uh, videos. Uh, I got a buddy who has a really big, uh, he's a a pastor, he has a big um, YouTube uh, channel, and they blocked him for something that wasn't even inappropriate. So he had a, like, he, he had his followers unmasked, you know, just nicely right YouTube now, I think you can do the same thing with Twitter because they don't want to, Twitter doesn't want to have any, you know, negative pub going against them or anything like that. So I just think it's just a matter of people who are listening right now through live and on audio uh, going on Twitter and uh, writing, you know, writing Twitter and seeing what's going on. I think it's just a matter of, you know, that's one thing. I think another thing is just a matter of uh, having one of your buddies um 
having one of your buddies who is a really who's really IT savvy <clears throat> go digging for some some IP addresses to see who is uh, who, who could be hacking your your account. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. I, I wrote into Twitter already. I've already asked them. They said it takes 24 to 48 hours to get back to me. I wrote them on Friday morning, and then Saturday night I got a message. Hey, please tell us more about your problem. So then I had to repeat myself, and then I'm still waiting. You know what I mean? It's just it's so frustrating. And yeah. and, and I it's just I don't know. Yeah, that's usually how it is with with Twitter and stuff like that because they get so. I mean, it's such a huge you know company. You know, Facebook too. It's tough to just call a customer service center and just talk to someone because their company's so big and they get so many calls. Yeah, I, and so I know. I, I, I'm just, I'm, know, I'm discouraged yeah. because I've had to start from scratch. I've spent three years building. Oh, I have 23,000 followers, but I've, I've worked. They're all organic, mm-hmm. and I didn't buy. I don't buy followers. Mm-hmm. I know everything's real and transparent. I'm building from, from the ground up and now I'm, I'm, I work so hard and now all of a sudden I'm getting these things taken away. It's like, I swear, it's been the most challenging year I think I've had yet at 2019. It has been a son of a, you know what, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, some mm. spiritual energy. I don't know what's happening, man, but I'm telling you, I've never been challenged like this. Just the little things like, you know, you might think, oh, it's just Twitter. Don't worry about it. Life could be worse. Yeah, I get that. But it's just like all this stuff collectively happening. Like, why is this happening to me? Why? You know, like there's no reason. Yeah. I've never threatened anybody. I, I post positive insights and motivational things. I've developed my, my career as a speaker, you know, <laughs> going to the next level. I'm getting ready to have my podcasting, which I'm going to talk to you about off the, off the air. Um, I'll eventually have you on as a guest. It's going to be a badass TV studio. And I'm going to talk to you more about the, the logistics and, and details and even get your insight because you've been doing this stuff longer than I have, so I'm sure I can learn from you. But my point is, I'm so pissed off right now because of this, because I'm irritated the fact that a company like Twitter, I swear to God right now, if there was another platform like Twitter, I would jump off right now just for the mere fact that I've been through this for five days now, and I can't get customer service to just respond. It's horrible customer service. They suck. Five days. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. I know, yikes. Yeah, five days for a company like that is just awful. You know, they should have enough. And it's frustrating when I'm turning, you know, and I'm turning to my, you know, my, my friend and, and my coach, and he's saying in all, all his clients, he's never seen anything like this. He says when people have, when it goes to zero, that means that you'll get your, all your people you're following back, but they took it to zero to check about why am I losing spot, like actual followers? You know, he says it's possible that are cleaning things out and getting rid of all the uh, accounts that are inactive because they're really starting to clean things up now. People buy like bots and, you know, just fake accounts and all but, that. I mean, you know, yeah. people that really, so, so maybe yeah. that's why, but I mean, I've already lost, I've lost like 300 people today alone. It's gone from 22 point, um, six to 22.3. So I've lost 300 people today alone, you know? Yeah, it could anyway, be. Well, no, I think I'm just ranting now. Oh, no, no, it's, it's all right. Um, um, yeah, I've lost, I mean, a lot of times they, they do clear they, they clear it up like that because of bots. Sometimes you'll get uh, notifications from Twitter or Facebook, but they did, they did that with my um, my uh, Facebook uh, page, my, my um, Facebook page for the show. Um, I have like twenty some hundred uh, followers, and they said, and it was it was more than that, and they said, yeah, we're going to clear it out for bots, and then it went down a lot, you know, on Facebook, and so, um, yeah, but you know, 
Um, I would, I would, here's the thing with, since you, you realize that you've gotten 300 losses, use that 22,000, use that as a community to, um, to really be in your corner into, it's a, you know, uh, you know, it's free pub, you know, have people pub your, your Twitter site to gain more followers, you know what I mean? And, and be, and be interactive and stuff like that, especially with that type of, following 22,000 followers that's that's fantastic man just use those use people who are in support and have them uh retweet well, your stuff and retweet messages and stuff like that Again, like have them retweet messages dealing with this and then that can really right, like, be a grounds well, you're, you're, you're suggesting to just tweet out i'm having an issue i'm getting to explain the situation through some tweets i mean I feel like Twitter is working against me. And the irony is I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience. He had some girl on there that, a couple of weeks ago that's head of some department in Twitter. And I thought it was interesting because there was a real heated debate about how they treat people and screen people. And like Alex Jones, you know, who's a very, uh, a very outspoken, you know, pretty brash person with politics. And they, they, they suspended or, you know, basically kicked him off Twitter and there was some heated debate. When I was watching, I found it interesting, but I, I remember saying to myself, okay, wow, that's interesting. It seems like you think these Twitter people would, would work in your favor. They'd want you to tweet and, and grow uh, a following. But the way that the, the podcast was going, it sounded almost as though uh, they were working against people. And I said, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I've never had a problem. And sure enough, a week and a half later, here I am having this issue with this um, – with Twitter. And, and my coach is saying, well, did you threaten anybody? Did you, I said, no, I've never threatened anybody. I've never done anything like that. The only thing I did is, you know, I get these smart ass fans sometimes that like to hone in and give their little opinions and comments and, and the, the negative, the, the negative Nellies that every once in a while, usually I ignore them. Sometimes I'm in a, it catches me off guard. So I'm in a bad mood that day or that moment. I say, you know what, I'm going to lay into this person. And I know I don't say anything threatening. I might make a smart-ass comment back, or, you know, um, I interact. You know, I figure if, as long as I'm interacting, hey, I'm acknowledging you, so so enjoy that. You know what I mean? So my point is I don't do anything that's, um, I don't think, out of, out of um, you know, out of um, off base, you know? And, and so he's saying, no, they're looking at you, man. They're, they're mad at you about something. They're punishing. What the hell did they punish me for? What did I do? I didn't do anything. Yeah, people, people I told you people do you stuff I, much worse. Yeah, people do stuff much worse. Yeah, I mean that's that's. He's saying, and he's also that would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's I also totally doubt that. That's, also, Chris, you know, Chris, we're talking over each other. I think we're having yeah. a delay. Can you hear me? Okay. Go ahead. Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. I think I think we're having a delay. Yeah, we're kind of talking over each other. Okay, so what I was saying, man, is he he said he, he says that um, my 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 friend and coach he's telling me that um, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so pissed off. <laughs> um, let me. I'll get it back here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I I, I lost my train of thought. I'll get it back. Uh, let's see. You were talking about. Uh... <clears throat> Let me see. You were talking about um, your coach, and you uh, you said that you you know some sometimes if someone has a smart comments. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you know, that you wasn't it. I would, it, was some, not, okay. it was something. Yeah, it was something else. I, it was something else. I don't remember now what it was. I lost it completely. 
Oh, well, I guess I'll come back to me later. It's not important, so whatever. Let's talk wrestling, man. You got some questions for me? All right, well, let's talk talk about some – let's talk about Kurt Angle. All right, uh, let's see. Let's make sure the – let me make sure the live crowd is on here. Uh, let's see. Can you go here and see? Uh, um, yeah, it should be all set. All right. All right, so let's talk about some wrestling. Um, and so so basically I, what I wanted to talk about this go-round was the fact that, uh, like I told you before, uh, Kurt Angle, um, he's he's uh, reaching his retirement, uh, fifty years old. He, he's saying that it's a you know it's it's a it's a wrap for him. So um, you know we talked a few weeks ago about uh, oh, okay. So for some reason they said they can't hear or see it. Uh, yeah, but you're having some some like issues tonight. Yeah, boy. Okay, I know, I know exactly what's going on. But the audio, the audio is live right now, so they can they can definitely see you live. Uh, they can definitely hear you live right now, audio. Um, <clears throat> so as the as the live come up, uh, we'll talk about the um, Kurt Angle. Before then. Um, Let's just for the for the audio. Let's just let's just plug your stuff again. Let's uh, let's talk about your um, your social media and the character that you were talking about beforehand. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. And what character are we talking about? Because I have so many of them. Um, okay, we were talking about a character beforehand that you wanted to uh, start doing. Um, uh, had it had to do with the mask. You were talking about it on uh, on, on Twitter. I mean, all on Facebook. It was you're talking Twitter. about my alter ego. You're talking about my alter ego that I invented in 1995, the face painted character phobia. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Talk about yeah talk yeah about it's a character. Yeah. yeah, I mean, basically go to phobia tv dot com. F O B I T V. Sorry, F O B I A T V dot com. I'm still so pissed off, Chris, about this Twitter thing. I can't even think straight. F-O-B-I-A-T-V.com, and pretty much everything on that website, the uh, the bios, everything, Dr. Sean bio, the phobia bio, the message, everything is all a real story and how that character came about. Um, it was basically, mm-hmm. you know, I was a big fan of uh, the face-painted characters like Sting and Ultimate Warrior. I love the larger-than-life characters. Um, com- color comic book come to life sort of thing. It inspired me to uh, yeah. to build my body up, get in shape, and I'm a big kid. And I love Halloween, and at Boise, Idaho is where I was at, going to Boise State University, and I went, you know, one summer, or actually it was more like the spring before the summer, um, before school was, you know, we were doing final exams and whatnot, and basically I was, uh, I had bumps on my face, and I was feeling nauseous for a couple of weeks, and I thought it was just stress from school, I went to the local uh, student clinic there, you know, where the where there's you know physicians and whatnot, and I had uh, those bumps checked out on my face, and 
I thought it was just stress, you know, stress bomb something, you know, my body reacting and they come back to me and tell me, Hey, those aren't, uh, those aren't stress bumps. Those are spider bites. And the irony is that for two weeks straight, I felt at night, I saw a little debris on my face because in the dorm dormitory where I stayed at the time on campus, we didn't have air conditioning. I had a fan on with the windows open. And so it would blow debris around and, you know, that would happen, dust, whatever. You're thinking, that's just all that dust or some debris. But little did I realize at the time that they were little uh, little spiders that were crawling, you know, I guess attacking me more or less. And so we, um, I started looking around the room, and I ripped my bed apart. Underneath, I looked, there was a spider nest underneath my bed. It's a true story. So later that um, Halloween in October, I just, I was tired of being wrestling characters, tired of being, Ultimate Warrior one year, being Rick Rude the next, then being Sting the following, you know, so forth. So I finally just said, I'm going to do my own character this year. And I just started, so what could I paint my face that would cover my entire face and have like a cool looking symbol or an emblem? Uh, and I came up with the spider because it was Halloween. And then as I had the spider drawing on my face, I just muttered one word in my breath when I had the, saw the reflection in the mirror. And it was the word phobia that I had a fear of spiders. Of course, fear of spiders is arachnophobia, but. I just thought a one-word name would have been, it was suiting. So, basically, I got on the local channel 7 News at Boise because I was a, they were starting heavyweight for the Boise State Wrestling Team, Division One. We were in the Pac-10s. So, I had a good relationship with the, the sports department. And I did a safe trick-or-treating for the kids and the community, which was, you know, my PSAs that I do. But I used that footage to send to WWE because there was no formal rest, professional wrestling training in Boise. The closest place was in Portland, Oregon. <coughs> where I, I had gone the previous summer, 1996, and had 10 untrained matches on a local TV show. So I kind of broke into business without even being formally trained. I really got my formal training when I sent the phobia footage to uh, WWE. And at the time, it was Bruce Pritchard, Jim Cornette, Jim Ross. They were, in, you know, in office, talent relations, and they, they bid on it. They called me and said, hey, we like your, uh, your, your, uh, your you know, an athlete, NCAA wrestler. Because I, I put together a little video package. I had the Phobia character doing the PSA in the newsroom and uh, me wrestling, you know, at the NCAAs uh, and also showcasing a little bit of uh, just working out, just an overall, like, kind of like a sizzle reel, you know. And they bid on it, and I, that's what actually got that, you know, Phobia character was the precursor that got me my trial with WWE. But we never used it for a wrestling character. And, and then years later, fast forward, uh, Hulk Hogan loved it when he was with TNA. He thought about bringing it in to have a to bring Sting, uh, basically either an ally or an adversary, and I thought that was really cool because mm-hmm. Sting was one of my idols and as a teenager growing up, you know, Steve Borden, who's actually a really good friend of mine. He's a great guy, probably one of the nicest human beings I've ever known, and especially coming from the wrestling business, it's very very rare and uncommon. And um, I mean, there's a lot of good people. Don't get me wrong, and, and I'm just saying it's just that, that nature of business. It's it's like you know, he's just such a good human being, man. And um, so I've stayed in touch with him over the years. But, um, yeah, man, um, we never used it. It never came to fruition. And so I'm just glad that it never became another face-painted wrestling character because it, it became more special to me. And, it, and I, I defined it over the years to fit more of a, a direct parallel, a theatrical expression of me and all the fears that I've faced over the years you know, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of rejection. And so I put 
a real meaning behind this thing. And now I've got big visions with this thing. I've done some short films with it. I've got some big cinematic uh, TV series ideas for it. And um, these are these are things that you know, I'm going to be working on this year um, and in 2020, you know, with some t- cinematic projects. So um, I use it. I've used it in schools for kids, um, the, the little ones, you know. Uh, to speak at, you know, to, to you know, overcoming their fears, self-limiting beliefs, and then the anti-bullying movement is I've used it for that. Uh, when I speak at corporations and more of, you know, the, the professional world, I don't ever, I don't, I don't paint up and show up at a corporate event, but I will make reference to the character and show clips from the, from my short film, and, and I basically use those clips to drive home my points that I make about overcoming fears, because everybody in life, I don't care from little kids to, to grown adults in the corporate world, have fears and live in some form of fear, whatever whatever it might be. So I, I use it as a, yeah. uh, it's very unique, it's dynamic, and it's different, right? Um, and and, it, and and most people seem to think it's you know it's a it's a kick-ass character, you know, and not because I came up with it, but it's um, I think it's very cinematic, ready to be uh, be part of the Marvel family, hopefully one day, and hopefully one day soon. Nice. That'd be great, man. I really, um, really like the story. I really hope that uh, it goes well for you, man. All right, so for a time crunch, man, I want to respect your time. I want to talk about Kurt Angle and then a couple of uh, Ask Sean questions, and, uh, and then we'll talk. Uh, we've got a lot of discussion to do <laughs> after after the uh, show, just, uh, you know, just watch the podcast, uh, your, your visions and things like that. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you uh, off there. Um, so let's let's talk about Kurt Angle. Uh, so Kurt Angle is his last match is at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, he's on his retirement tour. A few weeks on Raw and SmackDown, he's been doing. Um, but you know, it's so funny because we talked a few weeks ago. Uh, we both agreed that you know we, we really enjoyed chat with each other on air that we wanted to bring you back again. And I was like, you know what? Now will be the perfect time because you were the first opponent, the first live opponent, the first televised opponent uh, for Kurt Angle uh, back at uh, the 1999 Survivor Series. So, um, you know, and it's funny because his last match is next week and you were his first match. So, I'm really interested to get your thoughts on just the career perspective of Kurt Angle and the fact that, uh, you know, you were the first person who he went against on or on television. Yeah, that's, I got a very interesting insight on that. And I'll share I'm taking a sip of my uh, water here. Hold on. No worries. I just, I just got out of the gym. I was in the sauna. I always finish up with a sauna generally and uh, kind of get a little dehydrated. So it's important to dehydrate, but, um, you know, the interesting thing with Kurt Angle is I met Kurt Angle in 1995 at the NCAA tournament in Iowa, and I was wrestling for Boise State. And I remember being introduced to him. I knew who Kurt Angle was because I was an, a very extensive amateur wrestler. I wrestled all through high school and college, Division One. And, um, you know, so I went to all the, you know, all the big tournaments, and NCAA doesn't get much bigger than that for college, you know. And so I'm there in Iowa, and, um, I knew who Kurt Angle was because when I was in high school, I lived in Toronto, a suburb outside of Toronto. Uh, called, uh, I went to White Oak Secondary School in Oakville, Ontario, a uh, suburb out of Toronto. And, uh, you know, I was all my buddies were football players, and I was really the only wrestler in our group. So 
I went on a couple of recruiting trips uh, that were in driving distance from Toronto, and one of them was um, was Edinburgh uh, in in Pennsylvania, and that's when I learned who Kurt Angle was then because they said he's a the defending heavyweight NCAA champion, and so I was kind of eyeballing to see who, you know. Now I would have been a, a freshman, and I think he was a junior at that time, so he was a little older than me, a couple years older. Kurt is, but anyway, so I, that's when I got introduced to who he was. And then, of course, later, a few years later, uh, I was following him, you know, for the 96 Olympics. And before that, though, the year before, when I was at the 1995 NCAA tournament, uh, someone had come up to me and said, hey, uh, let me introduce you to Kurt Angle. I said, yeah, I've been wanting to meet him because I respected him for his amateur wrestling. You know, I, I was in the, the amateur wrestling community. So everyone knew who Kurt Angle was, you know, because he was a world champ that year and it became the Olympic gold medalist of the following year. And um, so I remember I met him, and someone had introduced when they introduced us. Um, they said, "This is uh, Sean Stipich, but is is he's going to go into WWE when he's finished with his career here? Uh, his dad was a famous wrestler in WWE or WWF at the time." And I, you know, Kurt was polite and shook my hand, and we didn't really talk a whole lot. I just said, "Hey, congratulations," or "Good luck," or whatever I had said to him about his upcoming feats as an amateur wrestler at that level, you know, that, that's the highest level you can go is the world's and the Olympics. And, um, yeah. I can just tell him that he, was, he wasn't a wrestling. We didn't talk about pro wrestling. He's just kind of, you know, his whole focus, his whole life was amateur wrestling was probably his eyes on the gold medal. So then years later, so he wins the gold medal. And then years later, um, when I'm in Stanford, I'm, I'm, you know, we had those, uh, Dory Funk Jr. And Tom Pritchard were holding these, uh, camps, I'm sure you've heard of those um, through the, the, the waves uh, and over the years. So I was part of those. I was probably, I think I, I, I think I attended most, uh, I think it was Andrew Martin and I were tied for like nine of them. Uh, they were brutal, man. They were weak oh, camps wow. and yeah, man. And, and, but I got to meet and work with, uh, you know, I was such a rookie. I had never been formally trained and I just showed up there and that's where I met Edge and Christian and Test and, Prince Albert, and then, you know, they brought the first, my first memories there. I want to get off topic here, but it was Yokozuna, uh, Rodney. And that was my very first, when I had my tryout um, weekend there in Stanford, uh, I was greeted by Yokozuna, and I got to hang out with him for a couple of days. So that was how I kind of broke into the WWE, nice. and God rest his soul. And so, yeah, but he was cool. He says, man, your dad used to give me nightmares when I was a kid, you know. He used to tell me stories. Because uh, he grew up, you know, the Samoan heritage is such a deep lineage in professional wrestling. But anyway, um, yeah. so I was called back a couple months months later to move to Stanford, and they put me on a developmental contract, and then they started holding these camps. Well, then I heard, because I, I was bored, I was always by myself, and they brought the, the giant Silva in because he lived in New Jersey at the time. Draws was there. Um, Darren Drozdov was there, you know, in Connecticut. So I met him. I kind of hung. I worked with him a little bit but I think he was actually starting to venture out now and, and he was getting ready to, to make the main roster. I think he worked with ECW a little bit, but I was, I was, I would always look at the, the following month, like, Hey, who's coming in? Who's the next, for the next camp? Who are the talents coming in? You know, guys like Mark Merrill, Ahmed Johnson, John Tensa, these are names that guys that were already established, but they had been injured or they left for some reason and came back. They're just trying to get the rust off. So they would join these camps and be part of them. And so I was exposed to all these guys, you know, Al Snow, some of the ECW guys came through. So it was great, man. It was just, uh, just a, a wealth of, wrestling personalities and knowledge and experience, you know, you can imagine 
all shapes and sizes, and it was awesome. And um, anyway, so then someone had said, hey, uh, Kurt Angle is coming here for a tryout. And I was excited. I was like, damn, Kurt's coming here? You know, because I was, a, you know, I was, I followed him in, in college, and I was a fan, you know, support, and pulled for him in, in, in his, you know, in his uh, international wrestling career. So when he showed up, man, um, we kind of, uh, I felt that we bonded because I was an amateur wrestler, and so I respected that, and he, I think he respected me for my being involved with, with amateur wrestling to the extent that I was. And so we just, uh, I, I would show up with him early and do extra drills and, and help train him. You know, I was still a rookie, but I was a little bit ahead of him as far as my training experience at the time. But they ended up putting us together. Um, we traveled together for about almost a year when he was doing dark matches, and I was uh, broken, you know, my rookie year as a, as a character meet. And uh, so we basically, we worked uh, on some spot shows together, had some dark matches. And I'll be honest, we had some great matches that were never televised. Um, you know, we just had a good chemistry, and I felt very comfortable working with him, and I just, because I respected him as much as I did. And he caught on really quick, you know. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history, man. He just took off and developed himself as a professional wrestler and and became uh, legendary Kurt Angle, not just for his amateur wrestling accolades, but his professional wrestling career. So, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, man, uh, you know, on, on both levels of, of wrestling. And, the yeah, so he made his debut against me at Survivor Series in 1999 at Joe Luce Arena in Detroit. And um, it's funny because, you know, I, I was tweeting at him, you know. Um, oh, by the way, I got my thought back about the Twitter thing. My coach, on a side note, was saying that, are you sure you didn't piss anybody off in the WWE? Like, someone who have, might have power could complain or anybody could just bitch and complain uh, to to – you know, Twitter about me because they they don't like me or something. I think that would be. I mean, wouldn't everybody's account get suspended then and be on mute if that was the case? Are they that yeah, sensitive? Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. You think that's no, you no. think that's possible? You think anybody could just complain and they're a Sean Stasiak hater, so they're gonna make up something and and, and say and say something that could cause grief with my account? Do you think that's possible? No. <clears throat> no. Like I said. Unless there's someone's hacking it, that's the only way I can see it. But you know, people. Yeah, that's what. You know, that's what, uh, social media happens all the time. People say stuff all the time. It's you know, people say stuff. Right. That's, that, 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 that's, you know, that's and, what I'm and, saying. That's what, I, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. He goes, but Sean, some of those people are bulletproof. I'm like, man, that is stupid. There's no way that you can have a public forum because then everybody's account will get shut down because. There's always right. somebody in the world that, that doesn't like Tony Robbins or I don't I don't like this guy. I got it out for that guy or this, you know, the, all of our accounts get shut off. I, I just don't think that's even – I don't think that's remotely the reason. But anyway, I've tweeted at Kurt Angle no. saying, look, it, 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 it started with you. It started with me. It's only appropriate that it ends with me. It comes full circle, Kurt. Let's run it back again. And I said, I said it would be an honor to work with – it would be an honor to wrestle you, Kurt. And besides, it'd also be an honor to whip a legend's ass. And, you know, I'm, and I was still hashtag respect and, you know, wink at him, whatever. I respect Kurt Angle, you know, but at the same time, you know, I'm having some fun. I'm calling him out. And, um, you know, I had some fans say, hey, it's only fitting that he finishes a career with me, you know. 
Um, that was an idea, but you know, because I've been gone for so long, I'm sure WWE's created they they didn't even remotely bite on it, you know. Well, at least you can say that you were the beginning of Kurt Angle's career, and can nobody take that away. So, all yeah, right, yeah. so uh, let's address a few. Things. Yeah, can nobody can nobody uh, take that away? Um, yeah, no, you're right, THP. <laughs> you're right. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's address some of these ask Chris questions. Um, uh, well, ask, ask Sean questions. Uh, so hey, wait, don't ask. Don't ask me, please. Don't ask me. Don't ask you what? Oh, you said axe, like a tool, like you're going to axe me, like with a, like you're going to cut me up. You mean axe. No, 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 no. You're going to ask me. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. I'm messing A-K. with you. <laughs> don't, don't axe me nothing. Axe, axe on, guys. <laughs> yeah, actually, I feel like I'm getting axed by, I feel like I'm getting axed by Twitter. I'm getting axed already by Twitter. <laughs> They're chopping well, me down. They're chopping my powers Okay. I know, Chris. Yeah, I know you love Chris. me, man. I know at least somebody in the world loves me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, for the sake of uh, time, man, let's uh, let's just do an express route on, on a few of these questions here. Uh, Rob is asking, what was your relationship like with Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross? Well, honestly, um, you know, it's one of those those relationships. Uh, not good, man. Honestly, I don't have good feelings about it. You know, um, and I want to say this with all due respect. PG version. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's that? I said the PG version, of course. Yeah, no, no. I'm not going to use any profanity. I'm just saying that they they weren't great. I mean, um, I don't think either one of them had my best interests. Um, Jim Ross, I have always tried to be nice to the man. I, I, I always try to uh, interact with them, but you know, you get a feel for some people that, that you can just tell that they just don't care to be associated with you. They don't feel like being connected on, on a more personal level. And I always got that from Jim Ross. Like I was always bothering him and um, I respect him for his commentary and his uh, devotion and time and experience and wisdom in the professional wrestling business. I can never take that away from him, but I just felt that um, I never could get it right with him as far as feeling a, an authentic connection so for whatever reason, who knows, without business, who gets in whose ear and how they how they form perceptions. But I don't think he had my best interest, uh, honestly. I think he tried, but there's something, there's a resistance there, you know. And with Bruce, you know, in the yeah. beginning, um, he was okay, but I don't know, man. I just think that um, I don't think he had my best interest either. I'm just being honest. And you know, Bruce has been around the business for years, and he's got a very creative mind, and he's got a passion and love for professional wrestling. And um, I would have—I just think that there was a couple incidences, and you know, my, my dumbass when I was young, younger, you know, when I was new and a rookie, and I might have, uh, you know, maybe I might have uh, labeled myself a little bit backstage with, you know, being a little insecure about things, trying to because I just wanted to succeed, and I didn't want to let my family name down and I want to make sure that I was doing everything right. You know, sometimes when you try too hard to do everything right, you, you do everything wrong or, or you create like a stigma about you. And I think that he just kind of, 
sure the I, I just don't think he, I don't know. I don't think he helped me with it. You know, I think he just kind of. I just don't think he was really on my on my side, honest to God. I just don't, you know. So I got nothing bad to say about either one of them, but they're, um, you know, I, I definitely don't think I'm on their, I don't think I'm getting a Christmas card from them, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate that honesty. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> that, that was your experience with them. So you can't, you can't take away your experience with them, you know, as far as Jim Ross and, and Bruce Pritchard. And, and that was your genuine experience with both of them. And it was worth, I think it's worth sharing. So I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, yeah, I would have liked, I would have liked, well, I would have liked to have been, I would have liked to have been uh, different, you know, and I'm a different man today and they're different people. So who knows, you know, if, if the role, if we were in the same room or working together, I, maybe I'm sure the relationship could be completely different. You know, I'm a different man now. Uh, who knows? You know, it's all about timing and where people are at in their lives. But my particular experience with both of them was never, it didn't seem very positive. No. Anyway, next yeah. question. Yeah. Absolutely. Wild Boy's asking, how was your time with PMS? Like, overall, what was your thoughts on your time with, with PMS? Uh, you know, honestly, it was just a job, man. It was a character that I didn't, wasn't really excited about playing in the first place, but I just took the role like an actor would getting a role in a movie. Um, I, the, you know, the, the girls were, the girls were fine and easy to work with. Uh, Terry in particular had, she had been around, um, uh, the business. So I actually, you know, she kind of, uh, smartened me up to, to some things as far as just little, little nuances and, and just little stuff that she, you know, I'd pick up on that she'd share with me like, Hey, you might want to do this or that or wish. I think she had my best interest. You know, uh, I like Terry. I, I thought and I've always uh, gotten along with her. You know, professionally, and uh, the other girls. Jackie was always cool. Um, you know, and, and and Ryan, Ryan Shamrock at the time. I mean, she was just so new and green. I think she. I mean, you know, she was fine. They were fine to work with, man. They were just props, you know, for for me, you know, to, to with a character at the time. They were just work, working relationship, you know. But they were they were fine. I enjoyed working when they were fine. Yeah. Awesome. All right, a couple more questions. Multi is asking, uh, what's your relationship with JBL like? Um, well, you know, it's one of the, it's an interesting. It's one of these questions tonight. These are <laughs> asking about people that that I would say there, there had been some. Really, pardon? What's that, Chris? Well, I don't know about hard hitting, but they're just yeah. Uh, JBL, you know. I um I had resistance with him in the beginning because I had heard he's kind of a bully and he's just very loud and brash and uh, I don't generally like those kind of people. If I after a while you know they get on my nerves, I want to shut them up. Um, but I was new when I was there and I uh, I just wanted to fit in and I wanted you know backstage and I wanted to be accepted as one of the boys and to flow with everybody. Um, I think that, you know, the beginning, you know, he's got that mentality of like college initiation. Let's, uh, let's mess with the rookies kind of thing. So I kind of just went with some yeah. things. Nothing was ever, you know, physical or anything. Uh, I wouldn't have stood for that, but um, it was more just yeah, little jabs here and there. And I would just, you know, and after a while, I just, I actually thought it was kind of funny. I would actually laugh. And I think, um, I think you realize that, you know, not getting under my skin, you know, in fact, I think it's actually kind of humorous. And, um, but there was, a, 
there there was some time there was a time there that I was getting fed up with it um, with some of the the badgering and the jabs and kind of feel like maybe I was being picked on a little bit you know and I finally just had enough and I basically I pulled him aside outside in the hallway uh, it was in actually in England I think it was and uh, in London and I just said look uh, it's gonna have to stop otherwise if if we need to just if we got to take care of this let's just do it now. Because I was done, I was done with it. Done with it. You know what I mean? Like after a while, it's like enough's enough. Of course, there was no problem. Oh no, I'm just playing, just kidding. You know what? So nothing ever happened. And after that, we had some good matches, like some uh, uh, hardcore matches. And you know, I actually learned to kind of like him after a while. I actually started growing me a little bit. So I just think it was one of those things where I don't know. You, you just kind of have to tolerate some things, and then you kind of get acclimated and. I, I like I said, I just got to a point where I just felt that enough was enough, and I had to finally say something and be. I was very serious about it. Like I was willing to, whatever it was going to take. If it had to get to physical blows, let's do it then. You know what I mean? Like I just got. I, it reminded me when I was picked on and bullied in, in high school, and I was like, ah, this doesn't feel good, man. I don't. I don't like this feeling. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stand up now for myself, and I don't give a crap about politics or. Uh, don't you know that one of the things in pro wrestling is don't don't let the ribs uh, affect you. If they see it affects you, it's going to make it worse. So you know what? After a while, you draw a line. When your when your bag's getting hidden and and you're just getting picked on, it's enough. We're grown, we're grown men here. Don't touch my personal stuff. I'm here to work like you are. I'm away from my family like you are. Let's just have some fun. Let's work. Take care of each other and move on. We don't need any horseplay. And enough's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our last question, GSP is asking, who were some of your main road buddies in the WWE? Well, I started, um, I traveled with Kurt Angle. Um, That was probably my first travel buddy in WWE. And then when I went to uh, WCW, uh, Mike Awesome became, I became very close to Mike and his family because I lived in Tampa. And so when, when he showed up to WCW, I had seen Mike in the Gold's gym that we trained in our town. I didn't know, I didn't know who he was. I'd never met him. He's just some big 300 pound dude with a mullet that had a bad, mean look on his face all the time. I said, who's that dude? Why is he always pissed off? You know, I asked the guy who worked there. He's like, oh, that's Mike Awesome, man. He's a, he's a wrestler. He's a pro wrestler. He wrestled in Japan and ECW. I said, oh, I'll be damned. So then I remember a couple of weeks later, I was watching an ECW show and I saw him on there. I said, hey, there's that dude. He's on TV. I didn't even know who he was. And then when I saw him next in the gym, mm-hmm. I went up and introduced myself, and he was really cool. We hit it off, and we became almost like brothers, man, you know, for about two years. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that <laughs> I talked to him about a week of his life, and he sounded perfectly fine on the phone. He sounded happy, and I, um, I, that's why I was so dumbfounded and stunned when I learned because I was like, man, I just talked to him, and he never showed any signs of, you know, like he seemed like he was in a good place. So I just wish he would have reached out to me that night. Um, I, I feel that I would have been able to intervene. I would have taken a flight that night or the next morning to, to go out and see him and take care of him, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. so Chuck Colombo was another, was another guy I traveled with in WCW. And then, of course, when I went back to WWE, the second tenure, uh, Rob Van Dam and I hit it off. And uh, we traveled together uh, quite often. Um, so he was like, again, you know, it's funny you travel with these with these guys, and you know, you're on the road, you see them, or you see your own family. And it's funny because uh, 
you know, you, you, you develop like a brotherhood, you know, and you're on planes together, you're traveling all over the world together, you're in, you're, you're cooped up in rented cars, and, you, you know, you're working the, the arenas, going to the next town, and, you know, um, and then the tour, the, the, the loop would end, and I remember, uh, I was, I don't forget where we were, but Rob was getting ready to go take his, you know, he had to go catch a flight to go back to LA where he lives, and at the time, I was going back to Tampa, and I, it's kind of weird, I said, and that's when you, you kind of realize that you're connected to the person and you have this kind of like this, this bond, you know, this brother bond kind of thing. And I, I said, I said, okay, man, I guess uh, I'll see you, you know, uh, uh, Friday, you know, and, and it was kind of like one of those sad you know, goodbyes, like shit, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I, it just kind of, it was a kind of a sad feeling, you know, it's like a family, like a brother. So, um, that's when you know that you, you're connected with someone special when you, when you have that bond, you know? And Rob's a great guy, a good, yeah. good, uh, good, good human being. Yeah, <clears throat> awesome man. Well, uh, Sean, it's been coming on once again. Um, uh, appreciate your time, and let the listeners know where to find you on social media. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. And I'll, uh, you know, just text me a number. I don't know if I have your actual number. Um, just text it to me, and we'll we'll talk maybe later in the week or something. I'd like to run a couple things by you regarding this podcast. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a really really professional high tech studio, and I'm working out uh, a deal with uh, this particular team. It's a it's a media firm. Um, one of my good friends owns it and runs it, and uh, the the production quality is just unbelievable. Uh, I'll have to work on the outreach and the the marketing of the actual content. We can talk about those things, but. I uh, would like to get your insight on it. And, of course, may eventually, you know, once I get some, some episodes going and some sponsorship and so forth, uh, we get it rolling, I'll have you on. Sounds good. I just texted you my number, too. So uh, I'll be uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Okay, great, Chris. Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm glad we got through another one with all the tech issues. We got we we did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sean. Have a good night, man. Okay, you too. Take care. God bless. All right, Sean Stasiak on for time number two. Thanks, Sean, for coming on, man. Uh, <laughs> all of my all of my guests know that it's a PG podcast, but uh, that's uh, some fly today. It looks like. <laughs> It sounds like, <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, but yeah, thanks uh, for coming on this show tonight, man. Uh, guy, and uh, yeah. All right, so well, listen, we, a couple things. Uh, the the quality of the film the show has been uh, quite crazy, um, but yeah, we have like. 20 so minutes, but we're going to have some fun regardless. We're going to have lots and lots and lots of fun with the time that we have because all the glitches and all the glitches and technical difficulties. Uh, so, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to have uh, some fun uh, and. Uh, Start the show. Uh, so we can listen. Let's go right into the headlines. First of all, let's bring on my boy Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? 
No, no, brother got a new name for you. I believe it's called uh, Shadow. Who, who called you that? Was it the Mo? They called you Feather Orange. Uh, yeah, it's so funny because <laughs> you guys are uh, you guys are colorblind because my shirt is red. It's a Popeye shirt, well, actually. <laughs> well, 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 look. It's, speak, speaking. It probably sounds. It probably looks orange. Speak, speaking, and I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on your show. <laughs> Chris Ornstone. All right. <laughs> Most people don't know, you know, per, shoot, uh, I have a degree in arts, so I had to take all of those uh, color theory, marketing classes, my business, all of that, so depending on what, sh- what ray of light hits your, hit your um, shirt, depending on what color you match it with another, orange can look like red and vice versa, but still your name is Sweet. Orange Stone. <laughs> just, just no, it's Featherstone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, let's zoom through these headlines, zoom through Raw and SmackDown. I want to get into these controversial questions and these WrestleMania predictions. Um, Rob oh, said it's Mania time. we got to talk, my man. Yes, absolutely. Who's Looking going to like Mania, a... actually? Who will be there Mania weekend? Let me know. Um, uh, might have a P&P breakfast or something like that. I'm going to be so busy from Thursday all the way to <clears throat> I leave Monday morning. I'm going to be super duper busy. Um so, but just let me know if we got, if there's a group of people, six or seven people, let me know if you're going to Mania and so we'll uh we'll make it happen. We'll have a PNP PNP show maybe. And if there's enough people, I can uh, you know, <clears throat> bring some wrestlers with me who's uh Who's there over the weekend as well, or do some some Q and A? So just let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear. All right, uh, ask Chris question. I saw one. Cody's asking, "Do you see Gronk and Conor McGregor as future stars in WWE?" Gronk retired um, from the NFL at twenty nine, but like I said on my show before, I think I think for Gronk, I think he's going to be somehow affiliated with. The XFL. Uh, I really, I really think, I really think XFL is its future. I don't know. I don't know if it's playing. Um, he's only twenty nine. I mean, like he's he's a young guy. Um, so I don't know if it's something backstage related or actually playing or coaching. It could be a coach. It could be a GM. You know. Well, they they already have all that executive stuff, but. Um, you know he could he could be into some executive role or something like that, but I personally think that uh, he'll be affiliated with the XFL in some reason. I don't see Gronk as a as a wrestler. I, I just don't see that. Um, I don't know. Some some like nowadays, if if you're a celebrity, if you want the celebrity rub, like you really gotta you really gotta be into it as well. You know what I mean? You can't just come and do some a few shoulder tackles and be like LT at WrestleMania 14. Or was it, it was 14, went <clears throat> with uh, LT and Bam, Bam, Bam. Um, right. Yeah, because 15 was uh, – oh, what was 15? Was that Taker and uh, Sid? No, 15 was Rock and um, Austin. One. 
But that wasn't the main event, though. They main event in 17 and 19. Rock, Rock, Austin, Rock Austin 15, 17, 19. Yeah, I know they, I know, I know they did every other. Think they mainly vented fifteen. I know they mainly vented seventeen and nineteen. Yeah, they mainly uh, vented fifteen. I had the DVD, and it had that crappy music on it. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I know. Uh, <laughs> that's the yeah, I, I do know that they did every. Um, I do. I do know that they did fifteen, seventeen, and nineteen. Uh, that was that was that Taker Boss Man? Yeah, that's that the, that's the main with the Hell in the Cell. Oh, yeah, WWE on purpose that started the Hell in the Cell DVD set. MS was that was that MSG or was it in Philly? Um, I think that one was yeah, in Philly. Philly. Was that the Ponds? I think yeah, so. Yeah, that was in Philly. Yep. Um, and the card was. Hardcore yep. Holly defeating Al Snow and Billy Gunn, Triple Threat Hardcore Match. That match wasn't too bad. Jeff and Owen against uh, D'Lo and Test for the tag team titles. Oh, yeah, the, the brawl for our finals when uh, Butterbean uh, beating Billy Gunn in 35 seconds. Mankind and Big Show for the special guests. Okay. <clears throat> yep, Taker, Boss Man, Hell in a Cell. Shane and X-Pac for the European title. Shane won. Sable and Tori. Kane uh, beating Triple H by DQ. Uh, Road Dog retaining the Intercontinental Championship in a four-quarters match against Goldust, uh, Ken Shamrock, and Val Venus. All right. Yeah, so Austin Rock was 15 main events, and Mankind was the best best rep. That's it. That that was one of the last manias that Freddie Blassie was alive and did the voiceovers. Remember they used to use him for the voiceovers, so yeah. Yep. I do remember that. I remember that. All right, so uh, without further ado, because I definitely don't want to um, uh, respond to Sean Stasiak. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Sean said sorry brother I cussed at the end and caught myself I said the S word <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know he probably did he's a respectful guy man. I know that he probably was like oh <laughs> we're laughing um, alright <laughs> um, I'm, I'm uh, texting him back uh, let's see. All right, uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, all right, so you responded. All right, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. Headlines, here we go. All right, so let's do it uh, one by one. Um, Heart Foundation officially inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we knew that. Uh, but with no Jimmy Hart, though. I was surprised about that because the, the reports were saying Jimmy Hart. Um, but um, uh, no Jimmy Hart. That was a surprise. Funny enough, 
actually uh, saw Jimmy Hart at a uh, indie show uh, about an hour away from my house. I went. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people saw it on IG that I uh, chatted and, and and took a pic with uh, one of the goats, uh, <clears throat> my number three of all time, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, me and my my oldest son <clears throat> and uh, you know, my oldest son Elijah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was so it was it, it was cool because. Yeah, because yeah, uh, he was there. Honky Tonk the Man was there. The franchise. Shane Douglas was there. Uh, Ricky Morton was there. Um, it was it was a really pretty cards are pretty. I, I, I've been to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, <clears throat> Bobby Fulton shows, and uh, this one was one of the best. It was definitely a pretty stacked card. The main event was. Uh, uh, one of the indie talents, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was uh, teaming up with uh, the Shane Douglas as the heels, and the, the baby faces were uh, Bobby Fulton and uh, Ricky Morton, who still Ricky Morton, man, he still has a, a killer drop That's kick. A man, I don't know how old yeah. he is. Um, I can check and see how old he is. Uh, he has to be in his mid, probably mid to late sixties, probably mid sixties, probably, or at least early sixties, because uh, Sting is sixty. I would say probably mid sixties now. Um, <clears throat> Ricky Morton uh, was born in nineteen fifty six, uh, so he'll be sixty three this year. So yeah, sixty two. Sixty two was still a a mean drop kick. How about that? Kudos to Ricky Morton for still <laughs> making the drop kick look <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Where's the time, God? Speak, yeah, I saw that. Speaking of Sting, uh, he's so he's willing to come out. Right, here, here you go, Evan. Here we go. Willing to come uh, yeah, out of retirement. I my show. I showed all you guys against the Undertaker. So yeah. You, yeah. you know, I, real quick yeah. about 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 the Heart Foundation. I I talked to, talk to my good buddy Stevie Ray. Talked to him yesterday off air. Not gonna mention everything we talked about. I, I told him, I said, look, I, I was surprised. I thought he was going, you know, you got Harlem Heat, legendary tag team, my my second favorite after the Road Warriors. I'm like, I thought he was going to wait till next year for the Hart Foundation. But he mentioned, yeah, made a good true. point. Natty is there. Jim passed away. Yep. Have him. I, for sure, I didn't know Jim um Jimmy Hart wasn't going to be inducted to you just told me. I just thought, by default, you can't have the Hart Foundation before Jimmy Hart, but oh well. Um, I will say this, and I'm only saying this on live air with listeners, because he told me, Jim, the Anvil Hart told me about a year and a half ago, to my face, he really wasn't, to, to say in nicer terms, he wasn't too worried about going into the Hall of Fame. There never was anything that he really focused on. You know, I guess he was just happy with his career and everything he did. But I'm sure Jim, mm-hmm. you know, definitely would have been happy to go in. You know, because everybody not, isn't really yeah. too worried about getting into the Hall of Fame. But uh, Sting, I told you, brother, faith of a mustard seed, the goats said it. <laughs> the goats said it. Uh, I'm not coming out until Tekka. I'm sure Vince has heard it. You know, with sick of being a born again Christian, the Sting being a born again Christian, and on Shawn Michaels, come on, man, Vince heard it. I already got it planned out. Mania happens. 
Raw after Mania, in Raw, Taker comes out, have no nothing to fight for, blah, blah, blah. You know, grandest vision, you know, you know, his long speech. Lights cut out, Sting show up, says nothing, points to bat, points to mm-hmm. WrestleMania, in the Raw. There you go. No, no. The Here's year. the thing. Here's the thing. So Taker's supposed Cena? to be competing in Saudi Arabia. No, I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't want to see Taker Sting at Mania. I don't want to. I, I just don't want to see it because I don't want oh, to see Sting lose. Sting's going to take the L. I don't want to see Taker Sting because Sting is going to take the L. Right now, Sting's WWE resume is very lousy, very very lousy. It would be worse. I understand that Sting. That's just something that's itching uh, to Sting. I get it. I get it. But I don't want to see it because Sting will lose again. His WWE resume has already been lousy. Lost to Triple H, which is oh, probably gosh. the flavor of the he week does. that we'll talk about. One of the like. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I think that's the flavor of the week that we'll talk about. Remind me, uh, PMP Nation. Remind me. One thing I do want to talk about was WrestleMania <laughs> matches that had Shut the wrong the ending. <laughs> WrestleMania matches who had the wrong ending, and Taker versus Triple. I mean, Sting. Uh, um, well, Taker versus Lesnar was. Uh, I'll, I'll have my list, but Sting versus Triple H was definitely one of them. Uh, remind me that WrestleMania matches who had the wrong uh, wrong winner. Um, all right, so for the second time, we really got to zoom through this stuff. Do I think Bella Twins are going to the Hall of Fame? I'm, I don't, yes, yeah. I do. I don't know. They don't deserve it. Yeah, well, I don't, I, you know, do I deserve it? Okay. No. Uh, next question. More than Tori Wilson. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, yeah, I, I will say they do more than Tori Wilson. Uh, for what I've heard, Tori's super nice, but uh, oh, just she because is. you're nice, you know, God bless her. Yeah, just because she's nice doesn't mean she's should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, that's that's my I've I've given you my take on Tory before, um, but yeah, I don't I don't they'll they'll probably be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure they will. Um, opinion on these two thoughts: Cena steals the Corbin spot by handcuffing him or beating him down before the match, and two does Ali turn heel and cost Kofi the title. No, I don't see them doing that with Ali. I can see that probably perhaps afterwards. Speaking of that, uh, he's no longer Mustafa Ali now. He's just Ali, which no, that was bad. Uh, <sighs> I don't know what happens in these <laughs> productive, I don't want pro- creative meetings. I want. Money. I don't want Mustafa. I want one. Ali, Ali. give him. Give him. I I want Ali. I'm like. Uh, I, I really don't. I mean, he's been Mustafa Ali. Like, if he if he was coming from NXT to the main roster and did that change, I get it. Like from Rusev, he was Alexander Rusev, and they did just cut off uh, Biggie Langston. They cut him off. They cut his Langston off. They cut uh, uh, was it Antonio Cesaro. Uh, <laughs> they they cut that off too. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> But real quick, what do you think about Cesaro and Rusev still sounds okay, but right, Ali, right, right, right. no, it's terrible. It's a, do you guys remember this? The Ryback 
even I forgot about that. My fans said that earlier <laughs> on my show. It was the Ryback, the Ryback. I'm like <laughs> Dave Batista or Bautista. Yeah, or Dave Batista. Or Deacon Batista. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. So um, social media goes in uproar over Oscar's woman's title loss. Uh, I th- do. I think uh, Brandon's asking. Do I think Big E was? Um, do I think Big E is turning on Kofi? No, I don't. I just don't do it. Don't don't end the new day. Like, what's the breaking of the new day would be absolutely terrible. All three of them would just be pointless. I, I mean, just just. As not as a unit, I think it would just be terrible. They'll just be mid carters. They'll be jobbing out again. It's terrible. It'll be terrible. Speaking, but speaking of jobbing out, why in the world one of the best women's wrestlers on the entire universe losing to that? And, and it had to be. And obviously, it was. Um. Oh yeah, but the Cena thing. Uh, I don't see Cena. I don't even see Cena wrestling. I mean, because of his movie commitments, you know, they have, you know, they have really big strict liability things on that, and just because he's a Hollywood star now, I just if it does, it's probably a spot with Elias. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he had, a, but he had a spot with Elias last year though, so two years in a row would be awkward. Uh, if, if if Taker came out and and uh, and choke slammed uh, Elias, perhaps I don't know. I don't want to take her match. I've, I've said that before. Him appearing in some some fashion, perhaps, especially if he's going to be on the Saudi Arabia show. But um, a Taker match, I don't, I don't want to see it. Um, but yeah, as far as Oscar's concerned, man, what in the world? And, I have, and, and, this is, and this goes to show, this goes to show that creative is just doing a terrible job booking people. It, I mean, obviously this was a knee jerk uh, decision. Like it's because okay, so the women's main event <clears throat> official, and I've made it clear I don't want that. I think Kofi and Daniel Bryan is still the most emotionally <clears throat> bought into match right now. It is. Um, I understand the history and all that. I get it. I get it. I get it. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like Daniel Bryan versus Kofi, as we saw on SmackDown, there's only, I mean, it's, it's one of those strike while the iron's hot. The, um, the most emotionally invested match right now should be the main event. And it's for the WWE championship. It should be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. If if Becky wins the match, the crowd will go bananas. But she's been champ before, and there's never been a black champ. It's going to be the main event. People are mostly uh, people investing emotionally in Kofi more than anybody right now. Make it the main event. I mean, I just. But at the same time. It's not ESPN worthy. It's not mainstream, and so they want the mainstream feel. So it seems like right now they just they just did a just a, just a, a knee jerk reaction to the fact that creative came up finally made it official, uh, the main event, and they just threw the title on Charlotte at the expense of Oscar. Now uh, 
what? Now, now what? What happens to Oscar? She could have had a WrestleMania uh, moment, a WrestleMania moment as champ, because last year she lost to Charlotte, which is a, which would be another one of my matches that should have had a different ending. She shouldn't have lost to Charlotte last year. That was stupid. Um, right. Because an undefeated Oscar against Ronda Rousey, to me, has much more uh, appeal. From a just a uh, just a standpoint of a marquee, um, but they're 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 plugging Charlotte as Flair's girl, Flair's daughter, and all that. So you know, so yeah. Kimbo says Oscar deserves a main card match in Mania. I, I totally agree. I mean they they built her in NXT to be so amazing, and we'll talk about that in another show. People who they build so well in NXT and just. Main roster, the main roster creative got to him and just did a terrible job. It's creative. Oscar is an amazing wrestler. Yes, hits on every cylinder. She has the appeal. She has the look. She has the international flair. And they are just doing. They're just treating her like crap creatively, and it's terrible. And that's it's sad because she can't do nothing about it. That, you know, other than just. Conceding to what they're doing, so and it's and it's terrible. It's absolutely from terrible. Um, but all right, uh, grades for for Raw and SmackDown. Um, oh gosh, Raw. Raw. Oh. Um, Raw was tough for me. It was bad. Um, Elias is I feel, purgatory. Yeah, purgatory. Like, I, I feel what are y'all doing? Oh, I really work, feel so bad for Kurt Angle. Friend, friendship Balor, yeah. he's going against Lashley again for the IC title again. <clears throat> for how many times are we going to see the Revival face probably... Ricochet and Black? 35 times? And lose to him. Right. And lose to him. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about it. Really. It, just really, it just really shows that they are just like playing with the Revival. Um, yeah, uh, Angle look exhausted after his match with Joe. JSP says Raw C minus SmackDown B minus. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about fair. Yeah. Um, I like Smackdown the Gauntlet for SmackDown. Uh, right. SmackDown's just been a o- better overall show. I mean, it just yeah. just and I, people uh, want more emotionally invested in uh, uh, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Kofi, and, and it's just been a better love, show. And, uh, and I, I I like how the, the Usos gave respect to New Day, which really, which really. Yeah. Yep. Follow, you know, which really summed up the whole rivalry, and and I'm, I'm with Kimbo's yep. skills. Angle, I'm sorry, Batman, 1989 neck, Angle, and I, I'm, I've interviewed Angle, I've had breakfast with Angle last year. He was at the same hotel. He can't move his neck, and and I'm sure WWE told his wife to take that. Say, tell her, take down a tweet, take it down, Angle, tell her. She said it was like Corbin. Fighting yep. for the mighty yep. ducks? Come on, man. <laughs> no one wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see that. The only reason why I say the only reason why I'm not as critical on Corbin as everybody else is because it it'll give Angle a win. Like I don't see Corbin going over Angle, um, and it makes sense because Corbin beat Angle in a regular episode of Raw. So you know, from a sympathy standpoint for Angle, I want him to. To win, uh, we got a co- co- comment saying uh, Oscar uh, Oscar versus Ronda is more appealing to me. I, yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm sure that I'm sure that we're not alone. I'm sure that we're not alone, Campbell, on that. And it's so sad, real quick. We got Raw, we got Angle and Joe, and we know about six. Excuse me, excuse me, guys. Sorry, five six years ago, they tore the house house down. Great matches and cross the line TNA Impact Anthem Isle, whatever you call it. I was probably like oh oh goodness, I was probably. Like oh, was probably about ten. Was it ten years ago? Um, let me see. Maybe longer than that. You're right. Yeah, it was, it was probably. Good God, you're right. You're right. It was. God, you know, like lockdown 2008, hard justice 2007. Oh wow, dang! So you're right. Over ten years ago, time do fly. Angle and Joe just turned them, turned down the house matches. This. And and then WWE isn't going to give, of course, no other company credit ever unless they get paid for it. And we see this. The match wasn't even wasn't even WWE medal level. And Angle on my top five. Oh, it was just. It was, and 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 Angle's Angle slam on Orton. Oh, oh man. Told you that eighty nine neck man. You can't do. Uh, you can't, and, and and I love Angle, and I, I know I'm joking about the 89 neck, it's just, it, one of my buddies who has been removed from wrestling, anytime I get a text message, just like, bro, and, you know, he didn't use Christian words, what is going on with Angle? He looks bad. He looked exhausted. It, it's, it's sad, man. It's just. Yeah, it is. Man. Uh, Wild Boy says Raw D SmackDown A, DX Raw D SmackDown C. Um, all right, trivia: Who won the women's championship at WrestleMania 19? Um, all right, so let's do WrestleMania predictions real quick, and then let's get to. We only got like seven minutes or so, um, so let's get to the predictions real quick. Um, I think it's like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen matches, Ooh. and none of them are tag team, <laughs> except for the women's tag. Um, let's do uh, let's do Brock and uh, Seth. Who you got? Sadly, Brock is. Uh, is I mean, I'm I'm really I'm tired of Brock, but sadly is if 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 Brock can defeat Taker. And Goldberg and everybody else It is no way It is believable That burn it down, whatever it is down Architect, whatever you call him Is Seth Rollins Is going to beat him No, there's no way Yeah, I agree I agree. All right, uh, real quick um, I'll say Brock and I'll say Seth Um, All right, real quick I say Brock uh, And I said this real quick before I said, uh, I tweeted this I think that the Andre Battle Royal um, every year, I think it, that should be the number one contender since uh, the Raw after Mania has become like a pay-per-view quality. Um, I think that it should be a number one contender for the Universal Championship on the Raw after Mania. Um, and I think that Braun should win the Andre Battle Royal and beat Brock on Raw the next night. That w- that That would be something I, I think that should happen. All right, real quick, uh, Ronda, Becky, Charlotte, who you got? Yeah, I give it to Becky. 
you got to see yep. it. There's no yeah, other way. I can see Becky too. Uh, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese, Cruiserweight Championship, which I think will be on the pre-show. Tony Nese is a good guy too. Um, okay. I get Buddy. Uh, I mean, just keep it up. Keep up with Buddy. Uh, yeah. Do that too. Triple H Batista. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> the chaperone. <laughs> this match was only yeah. 15 years in the Wait. making. And Triple H. Yeah, Triple H. Because Batista got to go. Uh, Shane and Miz. Gosh, no one cares about this match. The Miz is going to win. He has a baby. You can't have a man who's about to be a kid again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a dad yeah, again and leave the match. Uh, AJ and Randy. Whew. Oh, man. That, that that could go either way. Um. I, I, I give it to AJ. I mean, AJ needs a, he needs something. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, or, I no, agree. he doesn't, AJ. what else he want me to do? Who wins the, uh, the Andre Battle Royal? Gosh, I'm looking at Robert West uh, comment of all the people in it. I mean, didn't Braun win it already? You got the Hardys in the bar. I mean, Owens, you got all this great talent yeah, real being quick. wasted. So we got Andre Battle Royal. I, I, I guess Braun. I mean, Braun is Sensuke. I'm just throwing the name out there. Yeah, I agree, Braun. Who you say? Uh, Joe and Ray. Braun. Uh, Joe and Ray. Joe and Ray. Tammy says Joe, uh, Braun. Ray. Yeah, Joe's going to get smashed again. He's going to get people uh, get. Uh, I think Joe. I, I, I think Joe. I think Ray eventually, but uh, probably Joe. Like choke out Dominic or something like that. <laughs> um, my left knee. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Lastly, and uh, Finn will probably be Demon Finn. Oh gosh, friendship, friendship, Finn. Uh, yes, yeah, I Finn. Uh, Roman and Drew. Who? Hope it be Drew. Give it to Drew. But they're gonna go for Roman because oh, no. he came back from leukemia. Course, yeah, yeah. Give it to Reigns, man. Feel good moment. Uh, women's uh, four way for the uh, title. Did I say Becky Lynch already? Huh? Yeah, I think it said Becky Lynch, right? Oh, oh you talking about no, the four way? The, the tag match. Yeah, um, uh, Sasha yeah, Bailey. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sasha Bailey. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Uh, should be Kofi, but it's not main eventing. I feel like Daniel Bryan going to win and they're going to push it for the next team months. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go with I'm just going to go with what I want, man. Kofi. Uh, yeah, who Kofi. did the Undertaker compete against at WrestleMania 18? That's the next trivia question. Uh, all right, real quick, we got like a we only got one question for the flavor of the week, so let's do this real quick. I'm sorry, guys, we only have like a couple of minutes because of all the crazy difficulties. Um, all right, so let's uh, do a flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, all right, here we go. Still got this. 
still got this uh, thing here. So let's just real quick. <laughs> Controversial question is uh, that's and Rick Flair. Good job, guys. Rick Flair. Uh, controversial question is Baby faces and heels Should never go away in professional wrestling Baby faces and heels Should never go away In professional wrestling I 1 billion percent Agree with that statement 1 billion percent you Gotta have a good guy and a bad guy Because you'll have yeah, yeah, People yeah. going You'll have, you have people just going for different sides And gotta have a good guy And bad guys Comic book come to life um, you know, if you have if you have a mixed reaction toward the same person, then they're not doing their job as a villain or a hero. Um, so yeah, um, mixed reaction. If I was a wrestler, I would hate to be a mixed reaction wrestler, hundred percent. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing my job well. I want to be a, the most hated wrestler or the most lovable wrestler. Um, that's just how it is. Pro wrestling is what I said uh, is, uh, on the question, Robin. Pro wrestling. All right. Um, so here's the fun thing about next week. Uh, mostly people are agreeing. Yep. <clears throat> uh, if not, the crowd would eventually make someone a heel. Good, good, really good point, Kimbo. Made. All right. So next uh, next week is the seven year anniversary show. We've got some really, really, really Good, good uh, surprises for y'all. So y'all just sit tight uh, and get ready to have some fun. It's going to be Plan B, no restriction, no crazy countdowns or or crazy uh, uh, technical issues. Plan B, uh, you know, restrictions are off. We're going to have some fun at the seven-year anniversary. Two live interviews. And working on some other things. There's going to be a bunch of surprises for everybody. It's going to be so much fun. Seven year anniversary show next week. So come PMP Nation. Tell your friends. Share. Let everybody know that the seven year anniversary show next week is going to be good. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, 365 episodes of the book. Thanks to John Stasiak for the live Q&A. Thanks so much for the PMP Nation. Until next week, enjoy wrestling. Enjoy your wrestling. God bless. And always remember. Good night, guys. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, guys. That's my I do it for you, Evan. I do it for you. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.